Welcome to the Dr. Cheryl Show, where I talk about all things mental health that impact families as it pertains to depression, anxiety, and loneliness. Today, I am so excited to have on Stephanie Sakura, who is the author of the book, Simplified. This is such a good book. She is the founder of Life Made Simple, um, a professional organization company. She is a life systems expert. I'm going to ask her all about what does it mean to be a life systems expert. And she's also a speaker. She helps people decide what to keep, what to donate, and what to throw away. So I feel like this is so timely with the craze in our country that's gone on this year with the whole Marie Kondo um, whole thing. So I'll ask her about that too, what she thinks about her method. Um, She helps people simplify routines in their house and in their life to create simple systems. I have worked with her personally. um, And so I'll share a little bit of my experience with that. And um, I'm just excited to jump in. So how are you? I'm great. Excited to be here. Thank you. Thanks for being here. In your book, Simplified, it starts off kind of with this piece where it says, my story. So let's start there. How did you, what is your story? How did you get into this? And what makes you an authority on helping people simplify their lives? Well, I'm a mom. (laughs) (laughs) Right there. Um, Well, what most people don't know is they think that I've been in professional organization all my life. And I was actually in healthcare for over 15 years. And then when I started staying home with my children, um, that was the toughest job. And I think I was starting to experience symptoms of burnout with that. And that really prompted me to step back and figure there's got to be a better way to do all that we need to do to take care of our families, but yet still take care of ourselves and, and really find that time to sit down and play. Cause that was the red light or the light that went off for me, the red flag that I was doing all this, but I was missing out what was most important to me. And that was spending time with my two young children. And that really started our journey to simplify and, and also leverage my experience in healthcare. So that's why I mentioned that I was in healthcare because part of my work was to create streamlined systems in, you know, ORs and other patient processes. And so really pulling those principles into my home, into my life, allowed me to do what I needed to do and still have the energy that I wanted to show up for my children and, and for my family. So how do you see healthcare being tied in with simplification and decluttering and those kinds of things? What, what is the connection for you? Well, I often say at the end of the day, we're just trying to keep people alive, right? So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's the same thing, you know, but it's just about really, I mean, our world is so busy, like healthcare is getting busier. Our world is getting busier, more distracting and all that we need to do to take care of our homes and our families. And so it's really like, how do we do it? But with, you know, more simply and with better systems. And so there's so much overlap there. And, and so I've seen a lot of those changes in, in our own home and then those that I've worked with. So how do we do it? Where, where does someone even start? Like, let's take like the average parent mm-hmm. who might have a career. Maybe there's two careers going in the house. You've got a couple of kids and places to be and carpools and all that. How, where do you even start? Sure. You know, usually it's about starting with like, what is that? You know, most people reach out to me and they're, you know, they're, they're stressed, they're overwhelmed and really understanding what are those areas that are causing that and then really starting to pull back the layers. Um, so, you know, like we, a lot of people are, um, you know, in their, their kitchen counters are a big thing. I come into the house and it creates this stress. And so really understanding 
what is the journey to like, why, how does that happen? And really digging deeper. And I think that's what a lot of people think is just letting go. Well, if I just get rid of everything, everything will be better. But, but then stuff's going to come back in and we, we need to feed people tomorrow and we need to, you know, all the things that we need to do. So really peeling back the layers, to understand why it's happening. And then you can start to really simplify and to build those systems. And so I usually just say, what is that, what is that space that's really seems to be creating that most stress for you? Um, and, and what's, where's the easy win? Because we're so overwhelmed and we think we got to do these big things, but it's like, let's just start small. And so it's really, where can we experience that easy win? Because just from that, you'll feel that relief. Like, you know, the brain changes. And so your brain's going to experience that. And then from that, we'll gain momentum to, you know, to tackle some of those bigger spaces. So is that how you start? You kind of, even if, even if multiple areas in someone's house, their closets, all of those different areas are, are sort of a mess and out of sorts, do you say, let's start with one area and then work from there? Is that how you start? Usually, yeah. I mean, you understand, my, my passion is for like the neuroscience of this. Like, why do you feel so crazy in these spaces? Why do you feel so stressed when you walk into, you know, your kid's playroom or when you see, like for me, the kitchen counter, I like it clear, you know? Understanding it's like your brain, like you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling paralyzed literally because that's how your brain is responding. And so if we say, let's, let's tackle the whole space, like that's just even more overwhelming. So absolutely starting with one small space and then working our way out from there. So starting with that low hanging fruit is, mm -hmm. is usually the best way to approach it. So as you're talking, I'm thinking, what do you think comes first? Like this chicken or egg thing? Is it the stress comes first and then the clutter or the clutter comes first, which causes stress? Oh gosh, I could, I would say it's both, you know, where, and I always say clutter is relative. Cause you know, for me, like I just, my brain is wired in a way where I'm like, I like things neat and orderly because that allows me to focus where some people like, you know, and I see this a lot in people's homes that there's, you know, they can handle piles and piles and piles until it really, you know, starts to bug them. And so you could, you know, those piles could be creating stress, but then when we're feeling stressed, then we're less likely to address those piles and we get overwhelmed and we just let them accumulate. So I think it's, you know, it's intertwined. It's both for mm -hmm. sure. So you mentioned piles, which makes me think of myself, right? So uh, for those who don't know, I'm talking again t with uh, author of Simplified, Stephanie Sakura, And I actually had you, engaged you to come into my house, I don't know how many months ago it was, maybe almost a year ago. Actually, yeah. it was almost a year ago. And um, we started with my home office. And my home office is filled with piles of paperwork that... I want to get to, right? There are things I need to sometimes fill out. They're usually journal articles and magazines that I want to read. And a lot of times it's also kids artwork that I want to save. I want to do something with, but the truth is I'm not doing anything with it. They're just piles. And I even have boxes like milk crate, cute boxes filled with, it's like a to-do list. And there are certain points, um, where I can handle a little bit of it, but then it's so overwhelming that I don't even want to work in my office. Do you find that people avoid certain rooms or spaces in their own homes because they can't even deal with what's in there? Oh, absolutely. All the time. That's what I think. Cause I think a lot of people, they're like, I know it bugs me, but oh, that's just me. I'm just uptight or I'm OCD. I hear a lot of women just discounting like how much is affecting them and, or even how it's affecting their partners. And that's what people understand is that this is triggering your brain in a way that it is creating the stress so that, and it's affecting so many aspects of our life. Like you for just think about it, if you have this gorgeous office, but yet it's piles of papers, it creates stress for you. Then you have to go to the kitchen counter and do work. Like maybe you're less effective with your work. And so it's, it just, you know, bubbles out from there, but people not, they're discounting how much is affecting them. And I see like, usually when people reach out to me, it's cause they're just like, 
they're so far gone. They're just like, oh my gosh, like I'm so stressed and it's created all these issues in their life. And, but I want people to realize that it does trigger you and don't blame yourself. Don't be like, oh, I'm just OCD or I'm just so uptight. And so, um, so yeah, it's just, I see a lot of people avoiding it because we don't know what else to do because we've tried things and it hasn't worked. And so we just, we just avoid it. We just shut the door and it's like, but is that really the best way to handle it? You know, is that like you, when we cleared your office, you're like, oh my God, I love this. Mm-hmm. I should do more, you know, interviews in here. I just love this space. And so it's, you know, so yeah, it's so common that people just will avoid it because they just don't know what to do. They're just overwhelmed and they know that they don't feel good in that space. So you talk about that. This isn't just about getting rid of things. Um, tell us what is the truth about clutter and I th- like, how do you then how do we find out what the truth is about clutter and then how do we sustain, let's say we have decluttered. I think everyone's experienced spring cleaning, right? Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times I feel like that's for parents, that's clearing out closets of old clothes and things that don't fit anymore. And they find that pretty quickly after it's just filled back up. So I, I want the listener to really get something actionable or a couple of actionable things that they can do. What's the truth about clutter and what can they do about it? Yeah, absolutely. So in, like I said before that it's relative so that, you know, we all have different thresholds at which the clutter will start to bother us. And clutter, I think of just like stuff that's there that's not adding value. You know, it could be a piece of paper on the counter or, you know, just something that just doesn't belong there. So it, that could be a mound of laundry to someone or a piece of paper. And that, so, and you know, that it does, it is triggering you. There's a reason why it makes you feel stressed. And that, especially like as moms, like I work with so many moms that are just, you know, they're, they're dealing with the burnout and the stuff is often the source of it. And so it's, it's not just about letting go of the stuff because we, I would have loved to, I know how busy you are. I would have loved to spend more time with you, but like we got through this stuff and we let go of it. But like you said, it came back in and that's where it's like, it's not just about letting go, but digging deeper. And this is really where my experience with building, you know, systems is understanding why it's not working in the first place. And that's different for everyone. So understand, like for you, it might've been, well, I like, cause I might read the journals or I feel bad letting go of my kids artwork or whatever it might be, but understand like what's at the root of it. And then let's start to build a system that's specific to you. So whatever you bring the journals in on this day, you know, you put them here. Why do you put them here? Or, or understanding, is it just a belief or a mindset that I just need to let them go, but getting to the root. So it's not just letting go of the stuff, but then starting to build the system. So a lot of parents are like, there's all the school papers coming in. So creating a process, you know, for that, that works with your family and works with how your, your brain functions in a way that like, where, well, where would you think to look for this? Or when would you process this? So really understanding what's at the deeper level, why it's happening. And then you can start to build a system to maintain it or sustain it. Because just letting go of the stuff, that's only half the equation. And that's what a lot of people ask. They're like, well, what do you think about Marie Kondo? I'm like, it's fabulous. I think she's helping a lot of people. And when, you know, when all the stuff's gone, like, what do you do to maintain it? And I think that's the piece that's so important. And that's not easy to do. It takes a, you know, a little bit of digging and a little bit of trial error. Just understand like, what would work for you. Yeah. I mean, I think when I hear you talking and you say, well, you have to get at the the root of what's happening. I feel like the root of it is stress. I mean, that's, I, I think when well, I, when I think about the average family, it's just, it's stress. It's the hurry. It's the don't have time for this, but I'll get to it later feeling. Is it more yeah, than that? I think it's, it's stress. Well, it's stress. And I think expectation too, or when being honest with ourselves, like I know we have the conversation I'm like, are you really going to read this journal? And you're like, well, I think so. Or I don't know. And like a lot of people do that. Well, I feel bad if I do this. So, you know, talk about barriers, like overwhelm. So even getting started is hard, but then once you get started, there's fear of letting go of stuff, there's guilt, 
you know, of, you know, if we're creating a process for like the school papers or the kids artwork, that's a huge one. I have two small children. Let me tell you every single day, there's like 50 pieces with just like one line on it. And, but letting go of the expectation of like, I've got to be the perfect mom and I've got to keep all this artwork and I've got to, you know, do all these things like letting go of what is not going to happen and building that system. Like, are you really going to do something with this artwork? You know? And if the answer is no, then like, let's not, let's not put the expectation on ourselves or build a system where like, I'm going to put it in a box and at the end of the week, I'm going to go through it. Then I'm going to scan it and put it in an album. And then six years later, I feel guilty because I haven't done that. You know, so I think it's, it, it is stress that there is so much going on and that going back to the neuroscience of it, our brains are not equipped for all that's coming at it. And so that's where systems, I really like to, how do we create systems that are so easy that you don't even have to think about it? Like getting out the door in the morning or, you know, processing, you know, kids come in at the end of the day, like just processing all that happens there or meals or whatever it might be. Like, how do we create really good systems that are just almost automatic for us so that we're reserving the brain power for the more important things? Gotcha. So I want you to share with our listeners, again, I'm talking to Stephanie Sikor, author of Simplified, and I want you to tell our listeners the tip you gave me about children's artwork. What do you, what is your suggestion around how to manage children's artwork? Well, I will just start with saying that I'm not a very sentimental person. So I don't, my mother always is like, you're not very sentimental. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want that stuff. Um, but I, you know, setting a realistic expectation for myself because I have a kindergarten or a preschool. So talk about artwork coming in and I keep, you know, I take pictures of a lot of it. I like, and I put, upload it directly into this album. That's super easy, a super simple system. Um, and I just keep a few pieces in a box and, you know, setting some limitations. A lot of people, you know, you can do the accordion thing or have a box, but setting some kind of limitation, like physical limitation, like I can only keep what fits in here. And that helps you like to be like, well, it's already full or whatever it might be. So I try to just, when they, they bring it in, I take a quick photo of it, throw it in, you know, this little box or I recycle it. I'd be sorry, children. They've already figured it out. But I've become the master. I've been like, let's recycle this because, do I really need 500 pieces of artwork in one year? Because I also work with a lot of parents on the flip side at the kids are graduating from high school and they're like, I need someone to help me go through all this. And there's 18 years of artwork that they're going through. And what do they do? They get rid of most of it. So I'm like, cut to the chase. Like if you're going to end up throwing it away in 18 years and probably never look at it, then let's not put that on ourselves for, you know, those that, you know, that next decade or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought, one of the things like when you say I take a picture and I upload it so you had told me about a, an app to be able to do that essentially there are apps out there where you can just upload a picture of your kids artwork and if you want it if you wanted to at the, at the end of the year you could print out and you have one book that has sort of some highlights of their artwork I really like that idea mm -hmm. I haven't done it and as you're talking I'm thinking oh my son's graduating kindergarten next week and I feel my anxiety going up like did I save everything I wanted to this year? Did I, you know, and so I think there's also guilt, like you're saying, that goes along with getting rid of things. Um, I don't think I'm a hoarder, although my minimalistic husband, uh, for, compared to him, I guess I would be, but I am a very sentimental person. And so I don't love it as much as having the piece of artwork, let's say in my hand, but I could wrap my mind around taking pictures, uploading them to one central place and like, you know, kindergarten or whatever, and doing that kind of management. It's a system that for me is not yet in place, but I can imagine doing that. So I like tips like that. Do you have any other practical tips like that, whether it's like 
in part of creating the system that can help with what you see are the most common besides papers maybe some of the other common areas where people really struggle with clutter and organization well, I would say, you know, you mentioned, we talked about artwork, but papers is just a big stressor that I see a lot of people dealing with. And it's the same thing. It's like creating that process of when you bring the papers in, like, and people are always like, I need a new filing system. It's like, well, you probably don't need a filing system. You need like a, a less paper system. So before we even start to create a system to file them, let's figure out how do we bring less paper in? Because nowadays we really don't need much of it, but figuring out, okay, what is going to come in? And then how do we process it easily? How do we make it a habit? Um, you know, to like when my mail comes in, my husband brings it in and I don't know why, like I tease him. I'm like, there's nothing in the mail. Why do you get so excited about getting it every day? And then he throws it on the counter and then it's the, it's me cause it drives me nuts. So I'll take care of it, you know, but having a quick process for, you know, shred recycle. Okay. This is what we need to do. Like this requires action. And so having, you know, a specific space that's really easy for you to, you know, there's a visual cue for that to take care of those things. But I would say more than anything is try to eliminate as much as possible and, you know, just using a digital means for prompts and that kind of stuff. So really, um, but that goes into what makes sense to you? Where would you look for this? What's helpful for you? Some people are like, oh, I just remember. Some people are like, no, I need a, you know, a scheduled thing. But I think really thinking about, um, you know, what makes sense for your family, but less paper is huge because I help people go through so many papers and what do we do? We get rid of most of them. So being honest with yourself again, am I really going to do something with this? Like if it's a coupon or it's a flyer, it's a this, or that, are you really going to do something with that? So the biggest thing is being honest. So how do you help women? I'm going to say women on this one, but definitely can affect men who hold on to clothes that they swear once they lose that last 10, 20 pounds, they're going to wear that again. How do you, I, I would imagine that's pretty common. Oh yeah. And how do you help people through that? Sure. Well, you know, the thing is also thinking about when you walk into, cause I was just doing a closet the other day and you know, the same thing, well, I might wear this, you know, but it's like, what do you think when you see that? Well, they're like, well, it reminds me that I used to be that small and then I feel guilty. And then, so it's really about holding on to this is really, it's stirring up some emotion for you. It's creating more stress. It's a trigger for you, even if you don't notice it. And I'm like, and if you end up losing that weight, which you know what, you probably, you are more than definitely like capable of doing that that you're probably going to want to celebrate with something new anyway. So, but thinking about like, hold, we hold on to these things. I don't think we realize that how it's triggering us. And so, and I've worked with hundreds of people and not one person's called me and be like, you know, I really wish I didn't get rid of that sweater. Like that, that ugly sweater that was too small or too big or whatever. But like thinking about what you're creating space for and that, and going back to like how it triggers that stress is that when we start to clear that space, it starts to shift our brain. So I, people are like, you know, I didn't even realize like that, this was holding me back from, you know, from actually losing the weight. Like this clutter was actually holding me back because now I feel more focused because our brain is shifting. I'm more focused. I'm getting on the trail. I'm adhering to this, you know, eating regimen I've been trying to do, or I just feel more, you know, energetic or whatever it might be. And so realizing that you're not really, just don't think about what you're letting go or, or losing, but what you're creating space for. And that really helps people. And once I start letting it go, again, it's just like working through that initial fear or that guilt or that overwhelm you start to feel like the endorphin you're like, Oh my God, this feels amazing. And you just keep gaining, you know, having that momentum to keep you moving forward. And so a lot of people deal with that, but it's really about what are you creating space for? It's not what you're letting go of. And yeah. Yeah. Let me say something about that. So at the beginning of this year, when in January, February, when people are talking about new year's resolutions and, um, it was kind of the, you know, Marie Kondo's Netflix show came out. I did, um, a piece on, what clutter does to our mental health. And 
one of the things I found very interesting in the research that I read was that people actually have less socialization, less company over, um, less opportunity to entertain at their house simply because they are embarrassed about the state of their house, the condition of the clutter in their house. And that really struck me. And I think that's, for me, a bridge about what you're saying when you say like, because I want people listening to be like, what does she mean? Make space for what? And I think it's, you know, potentially if you're able to clear that kitchen counter off, it's make space for entertaining. Now, maybe you feel proud about your, you know, your living space and you can have the neighbors over or somebody over. Um, if you clear out your closet, you're making space for an opportunity that you didn't even know existed. You didn't know that was an obstacle or a block. Mm -hmm. So I, until I really took some time to, to like do a deep dive into that, it didn't all click for me. And so I like how you're talking about it in terms of neurologically what it does to us. But I also think people, they do need to practice in a small space to see what happens. Yeah. And space also, you think about the, um, you know, just when we have less stuff and we have better systems, we just have more time and more energy, like, you know, to get out and do stuff. And you talk about like the antidote to burnout is connecting with other people. And I know for myself, when I start to feel burnout, I want to be home. I want to just, that's, I just become like a big introvert. And so when I feel like, you know what, like things are clear in my home, I feel good, that kind of thing, then I'm like, yeah, let's go to the park. Let's do stuff. So that's an example of like creating space. I don't feel like I need to be home tending to stuff because it stresses me out knowing that my house is in disarray. But the less we have, the less we have to manage. And then we just have more space for those other things. <coughs> it's so uh, true, that whole less we have. So I have three kids and I have my oldest is a daughter right? Her closet's busting out of the seams. Then we've got um, very kind friends who have daughters. And so then they give us their hand-me-downs. And I will say that's an interesting thing to manage. And she just has, you know, a totally different style about her. So there's a lot of stuff, everything from her artwork, her journals, her clothes, her shoes, all of that stuff. And then I've got my youngest, who is probably like more like my husband. And he's just sort of a minimalist. He doesn't need a lot of clothes. Simple, simple. When I walk into his room, my shoulders drop. I'm just like, ah, I don't have anything to do in here. Like I actually can come in here and read books with you or play a board game with you because for me personally, so I don't know if people can relate listening to this. When I walk into my own room, my daughter's room, I feel a need to pick up. And it's taking me away from being present mm -hmm. because even though she might've come in and said, look, I'm going to show you this routine I just made up. She's doing that. And I'm watching her as I'm picking up and I know what's happening. I know I'm like, you're not being very present right now. I'm thinking that to mm -hmm. myself, but I can't sit in a cluttered space and feel totally at ease and relaxed. Right. So hopefully as somebody's listening to this, they're realizing, oh yeah, I probably do that too. Mm -hmm. And we don't even realize it. Oh yeah. It's so, I'm, I'm like guilty right here. Like I do that all the time. And especially my youngest daughter, she just loves to change her clothes 50 times a day. She's, you know, she's three and she has like a million books. And I was like, this is like insanity. Like, and that's where I tell people, you need to do something different when you're like, and I need to do something different because we get all the hand-me-down clothes. I had to I just had, if there's 20 pieces of clothes, she'll put 20 on the floor. So I'm like, there only needs to be five. That's all she, you know, obviously it's, a, you know, exaggeration, but, 
And same thing with books. There was just less. I was like, this is insanity because I keep picking up 20 books. Does she really need 20 books? She's three. She can't even read, you know? So, but I was like, I've got to do something different. So I had to find a way to stop this cycle. And that was for, you know, that's what we did. We're just like, we had to put them out of her reach, the books and the clothes. She still gets them when she wants them. But I realized that I couldn't sit and play with her because I was like, oh my God, it's absolute disarray in here. And it was easier for her to manage. And I think with kids, we think they need so much stuff, but really I work with so many families, but they're like, my kids can't put their stuff away because they don't even know what it means. Cause one, there's so much stuff and two, there's no proper home for those things. So they truly don't understand what it means to put it away. And so that's just, it's just hard for them to manage. And so it's, and it's hard for us to be present when there's just too much stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so can you talk about sort of end today with what's one tip for sustainability. So let's say they've got their system in place, right? They've got a system. How do you sustain even the system? How do you do that? Right. So, and I, you know, I always tell people it's not like that when my three-step process sustain is the third step. It is not a one and done journey. Like I come in and work with you in your home. It's not like everything's perfect for 20 plus years, you know, but really again, sustaining it is like constantly, especially with children, constantly simplifying, like as things are coming, you know, that broken toys or clothes that don't fit, like having, just making a routine thing to let go of those things that no longer are serving you and, you know, letting go of that fear and that guilt and, and thinking about what you're making space for. And then really adjusting your system, like every, whether it's a change in the season, like your system in your entryway or mudroom is going to change when it's soccer season or it's, you know, pool season, whatever it is, but making those things we need to access regularly, easy to access and easy to put away. So adjusting those things. And then just, you know, as life changes, just think, be like, what makes more sense for us, you know? And, and not being afraid to change things, not being afraid to try something new, but I would say being letting, like constantly just letting those things go that no longer serve you. And then just always stepping back to be like, how can we make this easier on ourselves? Or what is so difficult about this? And then trying to tweak that system because it's easier to change a system than it is to change someone's behavior, especially if they're not motivated. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. It's easier to change a system than it is to change someone's behavior. Yeah. I think that's really good. I am thinking for myself right now, we are about to change seasons and it would be easy for me to just be like, oh, well, there's hats, there's gloves and there's goggles all in one bin. It's okay. I'll figure it out. It'd be really easy for me to just go through a whole season with a mishmash of seasonal items. But I feel inspired (laughs) to take the time, which probably wouldn't be that much time. And take out all the stuff that doesn't no longer for the season, put in the right seasonal things. And even like, I hope listeners doing that, just doing that. I already imagine the calm that I feel because I'm not digging and throwing things behind me as we're trying to rush out the door to get to our seasonal activity. So anything else I didn't ask about, or you feel like is just a nugget that people need to know? Well, I think, you know, we cover most of, but just the biggest thing is just not discounting how it's impacting you. Cause I think we as moms are like, Oh, why am I, you know, why am I so tight? Oh, it just bothers me. But like, it's probably bothering other people in your home and that it's, it's just, it's, it's a pretty simple thing, but understand, like just realizing how much it can help you and really impact your life. You can be more present. You can have more time to focus on yourself. You can feel less stress. So just taking one small step to clear a door or any clear, you know, any space that really seems to be bothering you. And you'll just be amazed by how you just feel so much better and just show up differently. So not to ignore it. Yeah. Such good tips. I've had this book, um, simplified on my bookshelf 
all year uh, since it's been out. I had it a little bit before it was out. And I will say that I do, when I feel a little overwhelmed or I have a task, sometimes it's an easy to flip through kind of book and I'll look and I'll be like, okay, yeah, clutter impacts relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's like, I use it as a little booster for myself, put it back on the shelf. And so for someone like me that I think I need and so do other humans, but I need thousands of repetitions to change a habit or a pattern. Um, I, I need things like this. And do you also have a website or something else that people have like can have a touchstone to if they want more, if they want to go deeper? Absolutely. So yeah, my website is life made simple at home and on, on com. And on there, I have tons of resources. And I don't just do in-home services, but I have virtual clients and I also have um, digital organization tools. So if people are like, I just want to DIY it, but I don't know how to get started or I, you know, I don't know how to move forward. So there's all a, a bunch of tools like that. So to help people at every different level. And so, um, but yeah, there's tons of free resources on there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming. It was so great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope that you will uh, take a look at Simplified by Stephanie Sakura. And thanks so much for tuning in today. 